is this that we're sampling here? This is this is Brad's, right? Crown XO. Crown XO. Brad, we just wanted to say thank you so much. If you'll please bring us another bottle. This one's almost dead. <laughs> Thanks you so much that you're not here and we're enjoying. Yeah, if Crown he was Royal. here, it would be dead. There wouldn't be any more for anybody. <laughs> would have been enough. You know, Alex. You know, Johnny. Johnny's missing out. That elk steak tonight was pretty good. Very good. No one thing. Still Lucas trying can to do, perfect that. You did a good job, man. I can tell you that. Well, actually, Johnny's hog though. That yeah, that we sausage, had sausage, man. Partake a little bit of that. Well, I've got a picture. So I'm gonna rub it in. I'm telling you that. There you go. There you go. Making pictures worth more than a thousand words. Exactly. Well, you guys know what you want to do. Elon <laughs> Safari's uh, Craig Bonington endorsed outfitter program. Okay, who's breathing heavy? Quit breathing heavy, Lucas. <laughs> what, are you yeah. looking at the picture of the buffalo? Is that what happened here? So, yeah. He'll probably put a little blurp, and then it'll have... And then it'll I'm start back up, you know? This, this was taken out. For master reason. editor. No wonder he's a master editor. <laughs> okay. Are, right. we doing, are we doing the... Okay, guys, here we go. Are you ready? It's like five, four, three. Welcome to the RNA Outdoors podcast, fueled by Ripcord Arrowrest and First Light Hunting Apparel. At RNA, we are public land DIY conservationists that love to share our passion for the outdoors. So join us and our team as we interview professionals in the industry to share insight knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. listeners, subscribers, and fellow outdoorsmen and women. This is your host, Lucas Paw, and I'm excited to tell you about some of the sponsors that continue to help make this podcast not only happen, but grow and thrive in this digital world of audio content. This podcast is brought to you by Ripcord Arrowrest, the bow hunter's number one fallaway rest on the market. Ripcord is known for 100% full-time arrow containment and their patented drop-dead brake system that eliminates launcher bounce back. Best of all, Ripcord is backed by their rock-solid guarantee. If the original owner has a part break for any reason, it will be repaired or replaced at no charge. And did I mention, Ripcord is located in southwest Montana, where all their products are made with pride in America. Check them out at ripcordarrest.com and on their social media feeds. This podcast is brought to you by First Light Clothing and Hunting Apparel. Born in the Rockies in central Idaho, First Light's mission is to create simple yet proven versatile gear that provides comfort and performance in any situation while working to promote the pursuit of ethical hunting and stewardship. I recently joined the First Light Pro Staff team and have continued to be impressed year after year in their innovations in engineering and merino wool fabrics. 
Ten years ago, they started putting out wool fabrics with camel patterns, and immediately this changed the game. Since then, they offer multiple layering systems and kits in various proprietary patterns and continue to raise the bar with their competition. Find them online at firstlight.com or under their social media feeds. Go farther, stay longer. And welcome back, everybody, to the RNA Outdoors podcast. <laughs> We're sitting here in the man cave in El Paso de Robles. Senior host Lucas Pa here, and uh, it was funny. I was looking at the wall space here, and um, I've noticed I've got a few pictures on the wall that gotta go. probably need to be replaced yep. by gotta some go. African Definitely. safari animals, Definitely. which you know what is I'm really thinking. only fitting. For our discussion tonight, I th- I think what we're going to have to do, Lucas, is we're going to have to we're going to have to rearrange. Those two are going to have to come over here. This stuff's going to have to go. I hate to say it, Big Mule Deer is going to have to find a new home. That's okay. Maybe over there somewhere, and then that can be the Africa Wall. I'm thinking Cape Buffalo, Impala. Uh, Cape Buffalo, I'd probably put over here. Well, there's always a better chance when you get back to do. The decorations again. I can figure that out. We can redecorate. You got a whole seven to seven months to twelve months to figure it out. That's the beauty of taxidermy. You can figure out what you want done and where you want to put it. Yes. So anyway, um, we're here on this uh, mid-January evening and uh, have a special guest with us. Someone who's a friend of the podcast, been on the podcast in the past. Um, Mr. Alex Thompson from South Africa is joining us uh, with Elon Safaris, who. uh, I can't remember what podcast number it was, but it was about a year ago this time, the yeah. Sunday or Monday yes. night after the Wild Sheep Federation. I just got back uh, from Reno and uh, met up with a lot of good people there, did a few podcasts there, um, enjoy going to, um, you know, really when you think about wild sheep in the United States, mm-hmm. I mean, it's an animal that at one point potentially was, you know, becoming extinct and through conservation efforts and, and organizations, we've been able to keep an animal like that and it's thriving and in, in in states now where, you know, there were, you know, single digit numbers of sheep. So that is amazing. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it was just a, a neat weekend, obviously a, a neat time to, to celebrate uh, an animal that we all, you know, want to harvest at some point in our life. Not um, for sure. So, but anyway, um, Jason quick Ching. back on the podcast has been a frequent flyer with me. We did Dallas show, got to spend some time with Craig there and, uh, Absolutely. which is kind of a common tie because Elon Safaris is a Craig Boddington endorsed outfitter, which, um, you know, is a big deal when you look at Craig's endorsements. Um, he doesn't endorse everybody, right? No. It's a very select group of people, um, that get endorsed and, um, Elon yeah. Safaris is one of those distinguished companies. So, yes. And we're very happy to be part of his program. Yeah. Very, I think of it's very distinguished. Like when I was at the sheep show this weekend, um, I think I saw four or five companies, you know, or, or four or five outfits that that have the designation um, endorsed outfitter, you know, out of how many thousand. And Craig's probably hunted with most a lot of those, you know, outfitters yeah, there. That's yeah. All so, the world. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, I mean, and actually, it's funny that you brought that up, Lucas, because just before we came over for dinner, um, Alex and I, you know. Craig is one of our our neighbors uh, just down the road from us, and so we gave him a call and said, "Hey, look, uh, I understand you're going up to Shot Show and and over to SCI afterwards. Could you could you help Alex out and take a Q 
take a couple of brochures and and run over there. And so he said, swing on by. And so we stopped by just for a couple of minutes, said hi, met another African outfitter and and Donna and uh, dropped off some stuff. So and then we came right back over here because we knew elk steaks. (laughs) Well, it just shows you the kind of person Craig is as well. Yeah. You know, to help us out. Yeah. Elk steaks on the uh, we're not we're not Traeger in it. Are no, we? it's Green Mountain Girl. Green, Green Mountain, Mountain Girl. Plug oh, that's time. right. I'm sorry. Bluetooth Wi-Fi Geekified. <laughs> yes. Those people should be like a sponsor of yours as much as we it talk sure about. It sure was good. It sure was good. As much as we talk Still about Still perfecting, them. but yeah, it was for a, for a tough rump roast on an elk. It didn't turn out too bad. That really should have been put in a crock pot and cooked, but... <laughs> I liked it, man. Yeah, Dude, I, I liked it. Yeah. It was, if you'd have crock-potted that, I'd have been yeah. ashamed. Yeah. The next time yeah, we'll meet, we'll be in Africa, and we'll we'll serve you some of our animals. Yeah. Man. So the, the beauty of, of having Alex here is is that, um, you know, I finally booked the safari that, that uh, we purchased, I want to say, three or four years ago, maybe five <laughs> years ago. Um, <laughs> we actually talked about that. You, you're getting older as I know. we speak about but it. Yeah. We've, we've met probably 10 years ago, and we've been talking about this. Yes. And uh, so it's neat. <laughs> 2018 is a year that I'm going to go out, um, yes. you know, to, to your concession and actually experience my first African safari, which everyone I talk to at Dallas says, don't do it, don't do it, because you're going to get the bug and you're going to want to go again and again. <laughs> and so then everyone's like, well, just go and, you know, get the planes game out of your system, go and shoot, you know, five <laughs> to seven animals. <laughs> and then I go to Dallas and I see all these Cape Buffalo. I'm like, I need one of those. Like, need. Did need. you hear that, Alex? It's not a need. want anymore. It's, it's gone a, to a need. Well, I like that. So, I liked it very much. <laughs> so, Amen. Anyway, the, the, and the other part that may complicate it is, is it's, it's going to get harvested, hopefully, with a bow is my plan, because that's what I'm bringing with yep. me. So, um, so we're going to get that tuned up, and I got to, maybe we can talk a little bit more of that throughout the course of the podcast, but kind of what, you know, the expectations are for taking, you know, big five dangerous type game. It's, yep. you can't go there with a recurve and, and get that done. So, nope. so it's, it's, it's kind of a different set of expectations, but maybe Alex, just for the listeners who maybe have been hiding under a rock and don't listen to our podcast, which, you know, we, we get new <laughs> subscribers every day, but maybe just talk a little bit about Elon safaris and, um, you know, and maybe from the standpoint of, you know, what what would somebody experience coming out? Because, I mean, there, there's a lot of safari. There's a lot of opportunities to go to Africa. But I guess what do you think, you know, your your clients, you know, experience or maybe sets you apart from some of the other safaris uh, in South Africa? Well, Lucas, like I said, we've been established, you know, it's a family-run operation. Me and my brother started in 2006. Uh, we've been running this now for the last 12 years coming to the States and, I think our success is, you know, we haven't been going to Dallas Safari Club or ACI, but our big thing was having clients there for the first time, giving them a great time, you know. Mm-hmm. I think being true and honest, I think, goes a long way as well. And the word of mouth spread pretty quickly, you know. And I think that's what made us a little bit different from, from other companies, you know. To give that a little bit more, whenever we come here, we, we try to see them, try to meet up with them again. and. You know, they come there as a client and leave there as a friend. And I think that's the most important thing for us, you know, yeah. for having them there. And they meet our families and it's a it's a family operation, you know. That's, that's, what, I I, think. that's what I was going to say. You know, I mean, a lot of these outfits are, I don't want to say they're fly-by-night, but they're groups that have maybe not necessarily been around that long or they're owned by one organization, then they're managed by a different group and then they're ph by completely different people um 
I met Alex actually one of the first people, uh, one of the first times you came out here twelve years ago. Yes, and you know what I found very interesting about our relationship is he actually called me. You know, back then email was in its infancy stages, and he calls me out of the blue, and I'm like, okay, some guy from Africa is calling me, and then he says, hey, by the way, I want to get on a plane and come see you, and I'm thinking, okay. This is kind of strange. He's going to jump on a plane and fly to California from Africa to meet me. I thought, hmm. He came with a good reference from a, a good friend of mine. And uh, actually, that friend uh, just passed away just, just a couple of days ago. Pretty sad situation. But he lived a long, full life. And uh, don't want to get choked up, ch- uh. choked up about that. But anyway, so I'm going to skip, skip past that. Here's the funny thing. I don't know how many times I've had... Outfitters or people say that they were going to do something. And let's be honest, in today's society, 99% of the time they let you down. Well, guess what? This guy jumped on a plane and within a couple of weeks was in California knocking on my door. And I thought, huh, well, step one is he, he follows through with what he says. And I told him when he was there at that particular first meeting, I said, you know, the number one problem that we have is communication. When you say something to somebody, you need to mean it and you need to follow through with it. Mm-hmm. And I told him that. I think yep. you remember that conversation. Yes. You know, and what's what I found very interesting is from that day forward, I've never had him ever tell me something that he hasn't followed through with. And to me, that is beyond unbelievable. And the beautiful part about it is... He will straight up tell you. If you ask him a question, be prepared for the answer because he's going to tell you what it is. And if he doesn't know it, he'll tell you he doesn't know it. And if he can't make it happen, he'll tell you it's not going to happen. And that's, to me, that's that's more than you could ever ask for in a best friend. Well, yeah. th- thank you, Jason. All I could say is, you know, we couldn't have, you know, wished for a better, you know, first-time person to meet, you know, to, to take us forward and, you know, to build a relationship but I think we passed that. We, you know, we we family, we friends, and amen. And and I think, like I said, I think we talked about it this a lot this this last couple of days about especially the kids. Yeah. Uh, we grew up from where they are, where they were, to where they are now. It's just you know you, you can't believe it. Time just fly, but mm-hmm. yeah, we are still twelve years later and going strong, man. And I can all I can say is thank you for that. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. Well, I think the interesting thing is I hear you guys talk about you know family. A common theme that we heard at Dallas Safari was about how Craig's Endorse Outfitters is really based around family operations. And, yes. you know, Craig's criteria was, is, you know, would I recommend this outfit to my friends or my best friend? Right. And that's kind of his criteria going yep. into this. Um, but, you know, we talked to a few other um, companies that are in the Endorse program and they're a family tight knit close operation. And yep. you know, I'm looking through your flyer here and I'm seeing you, I'm seeing your brother, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, obviously a, a family operation. And for most people that, you know, fly out of, you know, out of the States, the co- different countries, I mean, that's something that most people want to experience is, is having a family operation where, you know, you meet everybody uh, and, and it's, you know, it's just down home and, and, and important. And that's important to people. Yeah, well, I, th- I think, Lucas, that's how we started. Like I said, it's a family operation and we want clients to come there become friends you know we're not going to tell them do not go in the kitchen do not do this do not do that you know and like i said with our kids as well and over the last couple of years i can tell you 
it's not becoming a, a, a guy thing anymore. It's more and more becoming a family operate, you know, thing coming over to Africa. If they can afford it to bring the kids, they do it. But yeah. there's more and more wives coming with the husband. So, and like I said, they have brought their kids with. So that's what we want. You know, mm-hmm. we are family operation and the more we can, you know, give something back to a family, you know, we yeah. feel we accomplish something. So part of what we want to do is, we, I mean, we obviously want to brag a little bit about your operation because I think that's an important part of what we want to do is is obviously, you know, market what you guys are doing. It's a great thing. I mean, again, endorsed outfitter. So as being, and I'm thinking even in my shoes, as a first-time experience, I mean, maybe explain the experience that the hunter gets. So from the time you pick them up to taking them out to the ranch, and just, just how does that experience well, kind of evolve? I, I, I think you touched a, a big point a lot of people ask is, you know, what's going to happen when they arrived in South Africa? Well, first of all, we will be there. doesn't matter if you like, you, you know, arrive late at night or early morning, we will be there. Either we arrange accommodation for you, pick you up the next morning, or we drive, you know, through to camp that straight that same night. But we will be there. So you will never be alone, you know. We will be with you all the time, 24-7, you know, till the time we drop you back off at the airport. The, the, the thing is, like I said, I think South Africa, everybody think it's really hot, but it's not that hot. And we, we try to, you know, to fit into your schedule. You know, a lot of people tired getting there the first two days, you know. So we take it slow. Mm-hmm. From there on, we do, you know, kick it up a notch or two, you know, depending what you want, what, what animals you want to harvest. But... Some people want to take it easy. Some people want to want to you know hunt, hunt hard. But we try to to fit into the client's way. You know, sure. it's at the end of the day, it's not our hunt. It's yeah. it's still the, the the client's hunt. You yeah. know, and the more I think we can make him feel comfortable, you know, make him feel happy about the hunt. You know, the easier it will be, and I, I think the better the, the results will be. Sure. I mean, yeah. if someone wants to show up and hunt the morning and you know hang out by the fireplace in the evening i mean it's it's their experience and it's what they're paying for right so yes. you guys are going to cater to you know yeah. but if it's someone like me who's wants to hunt probably day and night all day then you know yeah. that, that might be a problem nope on my pro- checkbook but <laughs> yeah. on you guys it's going to be great yeah. i will tell you you know being from california where we're not allowed to hunt really at night that is an experience in itself that that i just I find it thrilling, right? I mean, it's not something that we get to do here. I will tell you, sometimes it's colder than crap. <laughs> but but <laughs> it's something that you don't do here. And, and I mean, it's kind of common practice there. So you could literally go out and do, do a night hunt if you want to go out and sit in a blind at night. I'm telling you, man, the sounds are different than standing out here or standing in Montana and listening. I mean, man, when when... Something comes into a water hole in the dark and it is pitch black. You swear to God that it's like an elephant that's going to attack you, <laughs> right? And then they turn it on and it's like a friggin', you know, warthog that's like just rolling around in the mud. But I'm telling you, Africa makes your brain think differently. Mm. Oh, yeah. When you're there. And it's, yeah. it is super yeah, fun. Well, I think everybody, you know, they know that this is a dark continent, you know. So you already got that, you know, lion, buffalo, everything that that can catch you or eat you up, you know. Sure. So I think that's why people react that way. Yeah. And I mean, still it's a dream come true for, for all of them to put yeah. it that way. I know some people, I mean, it's, I mean it, it's something that, people think about and dream about right i mean going to africa i mean doing a safari and exactly. it's been something that you know when you read 
books by, you know, Selby and Boddington and all these guys, you know, mm-hmm. just, I mean, guys that I know I looked up to, and then to actually have the experience to be able to get on an airplane and go experience it. Make I mean, it possible. Yeah, and make it possible. It's, it's, you know, it is, it's a dream come true, right? I mean, most people will never leave North America and there's great hunting in North America, but I'm one of those guys. I mean, I've hunted South, South America, I've hunted in New Zealand. So it's like, I want to go see Africa. You want to explore? And why not, right? <laughs> well, and, and, and I'll tell you, as you had stated earlier, I always pre-warn everybody about Africa because to me, I think listening to Craig's speech at the uh, Weatherby Awards where he said, you know what, back in the 70s, I decided, you know what, I'm going to Africa on a 21-day safari, going to shoot a whole bunch of stuff. I got to get, get it this, out of my system, get right? Get this out of my system. <laughs> I just got to get Africa out of my system. Gotta he get... was 20, what, 24 yeah. or something. He was yeah. young. in the military. <laughs> and then let's see, I think he said he was on 130 I think he was 130 some safaris, safaris shot since 100 then. buffalo. I mean, <laughs> it's like yes. Craig. That, that was another nice thing about Craig, you know, when he came and visited us. Craig's first outfitter and professional hunter actually did not, you know, lives close, close by us. So we had as like a surprise party for him and brought them together to see. I told Jason to see those two guys' faces, to see each other again after, I think he said, 20 something odd years. And Craig even hunted with, you know, the guy's son. It yeah. was just something special to see and hear those two guys sure. you know, share their stories. Amazing. Yeah, yeah we, what a campfire. We, oh, had, my uh, gosh. We had met some mutual friends of Craig's at yeah. our table that we sat at, and uh, a guy that uh, had taken Craig on his first elephant hunt. I mean, and he was a young, sprawling, <laughs> 19 years old, left the States to become a PH in Africa and, and trained under some of the best, yeah. right? And, and uh, here... 15, 20 years later, you know, reconnecting, we met him. And so we did a podcast with him, but yeah. just the, what shocked, or I guess shocked me, but really stood out to me is how everyone in that room has some tie to Craig, you know, whether it's been next to his side on an, you know, an elephant hunt yeah. or a Buffalo hunt or, you know, a sheep hunt in the Northwest territories mm-hmm. or someone that, you know, in my stance, I've never hunted with Craig, but I've hiked with him. I bought yeah. a rifle from him yeah. and, and I've done a pot. So we have a, you know, we have a, a friendship, but yeah. it's everybody's, you know, everybody's different than their experience they've had with him. And yeah. Alex and I were talking earlier today about the hunting community, right? And how we are such, we're actually a very small circle. Yeah. Right, we one percent of the population. We right, one to two percent. We talked about you know doing different things, and and all of a sudden you find out. Well, like like today, Alex and I went over to Craig's, and and lo and behold, there's there's another outfitter from Namibia, and I look at Alex and I'm like, what's wrong with Alex? I mean, he's like all like googie eyed, you know. <laughs> he's an African outfitter, and this guy's an African outfitter in a different country, and we leave, and Alex is like, oh my god. Do you know who that guy is? And I'm like, mm, friend of Craig's? And he's like, no, he's like the man in Namibia. And I'm like, wow, okay, well, I had no clue. Yeah. You know, but it is such a small circle yep. that we all live in. And it's such a beautiful thing, too. I mean, you know, they always hear about the seven different separations. You know, everybody is basically connected to somebody, yep. you know. Seven degrees of separation, yeah. Seven degrees. And you don't think about that, but the hunting world is is not a very large place. No, it's a small community. And, you know, you go to these trade shows and you you realize so-and-so knows so-and-so. I mean, even as big as like an SCI is, they're still, it's a a small world. It really is. Yeah. But it's a great group of people. 
Well, Lucas, you you had actually asked about you know what is what is a what does a new time person expect, right? Going and Alex basically touched on okay, well we'll be waiting for you at the airport to yeah. pick you up, and then once again. You know, you may go to, you know, an Afton house or a hotel there mm. close by if it's really late or early when you yeah. first get there. But then afterwards, then you travel to to the ranch uh, where they hunt. And just for everybody out there that you know that basically South Africa is any place that you could really hunt, 90% of the places that you could hunt are all private property. So what they do is they actually high fence properties around there, and a lot of people are, oh my god, they'll probably turn the podcast off right, right there. They're like, oh my god, you're you're shooting things inside of a fence. Well, this inside of a fence is just a little small six thousand acres. So you know, four hundred acres is a square mile, right? So you guys can do the extrapolation from that. Hmm. This is not exactly a small piece of property that they're yeah. on. And then you have access to what about a hundred thousand, more than a hundred thousand acres, yeah, yeah. around huh. your ranch, yes. just a hundred thousand, yeah, just you know, I mean, <laughs> once again, just you know, small six thousand acre properties, mm-hmm. but huh. lots of them, just the size of like Tahoe Ranch, you yeah. know, no big deal, yeah, yeah, those little small places <laughs> like that, and and actually, I'll tell everybody straight up, my my experience there is if you see an animal and you think, man, I think I want to shoot one of those. If you're there on a seven-day hunt and you decide, eh, you know, this is in a 6,000-acre place, maybe I'll come back and shoot that later. Mm. Guess what, buddy? Okay. Finding that animal a second time is like finding a friggin' needle in a haystack. Yeah. I love the examples. You know, I mean, Elon Safaris, surprise, surprise, one of their premium animals, which, Lucas, you've got to shoot one, is an (laughs) Elon, just so we can eat it, by the way. Um (laughs) And Notice he's saying we. Yeah, we. I like we that. need to eat it. I, I, I'm getting more enticed yeah. by where this conversation well, might you, go. You started it, man. I'm drinking whiskey, like... so maybe I'm getting it. I really want to go, and and I'm talking myself into it. The more and more we no talk about elephant, why you shouldn't buffalo, <laughs> leopard. He's slash. only been a bad influence on me. This is this is called payback. <laughs> yeah, Lucas, I need to borrow some money, which he already offered to loan me. I would. I will loan you money so you can go. I would uh, love to have you with us. Um, where were we going with this? Oh, we were talking about different ranches and different hunting before Lucas so threw me under the bus. We, we need to, you need to we. shoot an eland so we can eat it. That just got me distracted. So. Well, let me tell you. And I'm looking at some of the elands in here, and I'm like, wow. Well, actually, I was sitting in a blind with, with Alex and my son Wyatt, and Wyatt was, was that the last trip or the trip before? Because I've taken Wyatt twice. That, that was the second trip. That was the, the, second, the second trip. trip. Yeah. So Wyatt was nine. Right, and he's shooting a little two forty three, and he has been slaying things with this little two forty three and Barnes triple X bullets. He's a killer, though. He has been slaying stuff, and just for the record, sorry, why there's still our youngest hunter we ever had at Eden Safaris, seven years old. Yeah, and 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 those pictures of him like sitting behind that little Impala he shot. Right, oh my god, (laughs) freaking smoker Impala. But anyway, he had been one-shot shooting things, too. He'd been out doing the old, okay, me and pretty much everybody else in there that were shooting big old magnums and shooting things three and four times, and he's, like, shooting them once, and they're falling over dead. But um, we're sitting in a blind, and here comes a whole herd of eland. And Wyatt's eyes get, like, huge. You know I mean? It's like goes from normal size to, like, <laughs> softball size eyes. And I'm like... 
Alex is looking at me kind of like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And I'm like shaking my head. No, <laughs> we are out. Of- I can just see Alex. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> out yeah. of money. We are out of we money. Try, no. Yeah. And Alex is like, you could do it. And for, pretty soon Wyatt goes, well, can I shoot that one? And I said, no. And he looks at me and he goes, why? I said, You've, your gun is too small. And he goes, so shoot him twice? <laughs> Alex did just that. Wyatt said, so shoot him twice? And Alex just starts it Buzz. brings back memories, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's busted up. And why it's what seven? So I mean, he was seven, nine, he was he was nine, nine on, on yeah. this trip. <laughs> Even a nine-year-old to think that, right? Yeah, I mean, like, already go so there. I like his thinking. Yeah, right? twice. yeah. <laughs> but literally, I mean, you know, uh, I think like the one of the next mm-hmm. trips after that, one of the bulls came in, and actually one of my good friends, Mr. Ed Brown, who's an auctioneer. Some people might yeah. know him. He shot. He shot an Elon bull on there. And they had never, you guys had never seen that bull, right? Nope. I mean, he, he had, the bull yeah. had been there, obviously, yeah. his whole life, but it ended up being how big? 40 inches. <sighs> it's still, still today the biggest eland we've shot there. Yeah, 40-inch eland. Yeah. And you got, I mean, obviously, eland safaris. I mean, clearly, that's that's a well, one you, of your flagship animals, right? I mean. No, for sure. You know, like I said, we actually, when we started to think about a name, you know, we all, me, my dad, my brother put down names and my dad's name was Elon Safaris and we had to send it in for registration and it came back and Elon Safaris was still available. My dad says, I don't care what you guys said, Elon Safaris it is, you know. So me and my brother just keep on with the word, you know, but you can't come to Elon Safaris and don't see Elon. So sure. You will see Elon there. I promise you that. And listen, I mean, I shot an <laughs> Elon on one of my first safaris I ever went on and I shot a big one, right? Mine is 34 and a half inches i mean it's just a beautiful <laughs> bull and for people to say man you know here's a here's a 40 inch elon i'm just like that's not possible <laughs> but actually alex alex is actually a good friend with the african gazette right yep and okay. so this year actually why don't you tell them about if they're they become a member of the african gazette yeah we've, we've been advertising two years in african hunting gazette and this year they came up all well, the end of last year, you know, with a advertising opportunity, you know, to make like a calendar as well for the first issue that came out this year, which mm-hmm. is also featuring a Lord Derby, you know, it's part of the spiral horns. The Lord Derby you don't find in South Africa, but, you know, it's in Eland. Yeah. So we felt pretty pleased and we, yeah, so you'll get with every issue that's coming out with the African hunting is that you'll find a calendar where we market a little bit with. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. African Hunting Gazette is a, I wouldn't say a friend of the podcast, but I mean, friends of us, I, I met uh, Kim, who runs the African Oasis in Dillon, Montana, who um, kind of spearheads a lot of the advertising and marketing for the magazine. Yeah. So um, it's actually hooked me up with a few other folks, but it's kind of neat that there's a connection. They all know Craig, and oh. she's met Craig multiple times, yeah. and uh, it was funny when I was in Dillon. I snapped a picture of the um, the sign outside the door, and then inside I took a panoramic mm. of the place, and I sent it to Craig, and he goes, you know, Kim's a great gal, yeah. and so it was this yep. small world again, right? Once again, everybody knows each other, and yeah. it's a great magazine, I can tell you that. Very good yeah. quality, good photos, good... Yep. I was kind of thumbing through it when I was there. I mean, it's a it's a thick publication, but yeah. Yeah. very high-quality information. I think it comes out four times a year, you know, every quarter, so... Yeah. But it's worth the while, you yeah. know, worth it. So we've talked a little bit about mm. buffalo. We've talked about eland. Maybe you can explain a little more about some of the species that you all offer. I mean, is is it your typical 
you know, Plains game species in addition to some of the big five? Or, I mean, what, what's kind of your guys' specialty? Well, Lucas, we, we offer 18 different species on our property cells, you know. Eland being the biggest and Steenbuck being the smallest after, after antelope, you know. And then we've got, got to offer all the big five all around it, you know. Whatever clients wants, we, you know, we, we can get it out there and mm-hmm. offer it to him, you know. Then we also can go down south, you know, for the springbok species down there, you know, different colors, the black wildebeest, let's use those kind of animals. And then we also can go up to Zimbabwe as well if the guy really wants to go do elephant, buffalo kind of hunt up there. Wow. Yeah. So we've got a vast variety so, of things we So can the offer. buffalo hunts wouldn't necessarily be within your 6,000. It would be no, outside of... We've, like I said, once your, again, we've got different concessions we can go for that, you know, and that's where we'll probably go for the buffalo. And that's buffalo just keeps oh, coming back keeps into coming the conversation. <laughs> you know, you are Why? a bad, bad influence Why? because I was not going up until a couple of weeks ago. And then I started thinking about it. And now I'm starting to go we instead of you. I mean, how much fun will we have? I mean, all of us in camp. Oh, boy. We're going to oh, have to be pass a mic around to do a podcast because I've only got six well, inputs, but we're going to have a great time when we'll, we do that. We'll, we'll have to do one around the, the you know, the fire. The campfire. We'll have to do one with a cocktail with yeah. a whiskey in hand. One around. We can the bo- even throw in Rice Krispies there, but we'll do Ooh. one around the bry. <laughs> oh my God! Here we go. So, so Rice Krispies Al- and whiskey. <laughs> well, Alex is note up on the Rice Krispie and, and whiskey, so. Well, so cool. So you know, plenty of opportunities for for yes. you know hunters to come out. I mean. You know, the things I always think about are, is everyone talks about, you know, kudu, everybody talks about obviously buffalo. I mean, that's something more on a, on a higher priority, but, you know, wildebeest, you know, kuyu, impala, I mean, all those different. Gamesbuck. Yeah, gamesbuck. I mean, the, the, Giraffe, the standard. Jackal. You know, plains game and, and species, you all offer those, which Ostrich, I think is, is, is neat. Yeah, well, that's the thing about, I think, South Africa. We're pretty fortunate, you know. There's a lot of them all over. So species, we are... You know, I don't think you'll get zebra you know, dissatisfied going there and not see animals. That's one thing you will see. You'll see enough species. It's just up to the client, you know, what he wants to harvest or not wants to take, yeah. you know. But animals he will see. Definitely. And that's, and that, you know, I mean, from a, from being a California kid where, let's face facts, um, if you're a really good hunter, you're killing one or two bucks a year in California, shooting a few birds, maybe killing a turkey, maybe a hog. Yeah. Um, very seldom ever draw an elk tag or a sheep tag. Yeah. But, you know, um, it is a different world in Africa. And the other thing that I always tell everybody, the beautiful part about Africa is in the United States, okay, if you want to go to Colorado and go hunting, you go to Colorado, you buy a hunting license. Once you get there, then you buy your deer and elk tag and maybe an antelope tag. You know, while you're there, you may never, ever see an antelope. Yeah. You may never see a legal mule deer. Yep. You may never In see a legal seven elk. to ten days, right? Yep. And then you may end up back home with with a great camping trip. Okay. In it's Africa, crazy. it's just the opposite. You go hunting, and if you see something that you like, you can shoot it. And I'll give a perfect example. Um, I had never wanted to shoot, you know, basically a bush buck. And then all of a sudden, they're like, somebody said, hey, look, you know, you should try bushbuck hunting. And I'm like, okay. So I went for three days bushbuck hunting on my first trip. And for three days, I kept seeing them, but I never got an opportunity. Hmm. And I never killed one. Well, guess what? I didn't have to pay for it. 
Of course, then fast forward three trips later after after trying to kill one for like the last two trips, I finally killed a really nice bush buck with Alex, and it was just an absolute monarch, old polished off horns, not a super long one, but it was just really mm. an old old uh, monarch mm. of a, of a bush buck. And then I'm like, okay. After that, it was like bushbuck to me is like hunting blacktails in mm. California. It's just, it's like a real mm. pinnacle. And they, they live right on the Lapopo mm. River. They literally, they'll bark at you and mm. they'll jump up from mm. 10 feet in front of you in the thickest, nastiest crap and run like hell. And, you know, I mean, I tell everybody that goes, I said, you got to go bushbuck hunting. You got to give it a try. Yep. And, don't expect to be successful because success rate is only about, you know, 50, 60%. I was not as lucky as most people. Most people <laughs> that I tell to go and do it, they come back and like, well, I killed mine in the first two and a half hours of hunting. I don't know what your problem was. I'm like, <laughs> you guys suck, you know. And Alex is over here laughing because he's probably going to tell the story about my son yep. killing one. And I, think we, need, I think we need to hear that. Well, once again, it was Wyatt's second trip to Africa, and so... Jason thought, well, let's get Wyatt, you know, give Wyatt the, the experience as well. And he thought, Bushbuck, it's not going to happen, you know. So, But let's go walk because it's a fun experience, you know, walking in a river. There's chance, you know, the hippo, crocodile, elephants, you know. You've got chance to see that. So, yeah, it didn't go well the way Jason planned it. So <laughs> first morning on our way back, you know, Wyatt is still small. We look over this hill and Wyatt couldn't see it at first, standing probably 50 yards if it was that far. And yeah, White could see, and so we lift him up a little bit. Boom! White once again made a perfect shot. Yeah. Yeah. First morning, bushbuck down. Jason didn't and of, like that. And of course, he <laughs> swore while it was there that it was bigger than mine. I, of course, defending my honor, said, "There's no way in hell that's bigger than mine." Until we got it home, <laughs> and then he'll never listen to this podcast, so I can admit that his is bigger than mine on this podcast. The problem is there's been a common theme with your kids <laughs> in the last few podcasts, and that's, that's true. they've outdone you quite a bit. So, Well, Jason's kids are very fortunate. I can yeah. tell you that. I'm a oh, proud yeah. dad. What can I say? Yeah. Yep. No, well, that's neat. No, you can be proud of your, your, your kids, Jason. Very. Yeah, they can... They can shoot. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, they can. They know how to put lead downfield. Yeah. California Actually, I, standards would be copper, but <laughs> Alex, I was just looking in this year. This is all this year's animals, right? Yes. Man, you have got some incredible animals in mm. here. And I was, of course, look, flipping through here for bushbuck because that's once again mm. one of mine. And you've got like three or four in here. I think there's six total that I counted, but there's yeah. three or four that are absolute. Freaking smokers. Yeah. So I'm guessing that the bushbuck population around your area is doing really well. No, Jason, we're pretty fortunate here. Well, we hunt most of our bushbuckers on, you know, other concessions right on the river. Like I said, it's bordering, you know, South Africa and Botswana, and the middle of the river is still South African side. So we walk up and down. You know, it's a beautiful place. Like I said, hippos, crocodiles in the river. John's to see elephant, you know, because they're also coming up and down there. Wow. And like I said, I think we, we Limpopo are known for, the, you know, the good genetics and stuff, but we're pretty fortunate with the areas we are, we have, that it's only us hunting there, nobody else. So that, I think that's why we can take off that kind of quality. You know, the other animal that really pops out at me, we've already mm. talked about Elan, but is one of my favorite, and that's the kudu. And uh, I have <laughs> to tell everybody, and Alex will probably show Lucas after this podcast a photograph, 
But Alex has got a, a, an animal that actually is on his property that he is not allowing anybody to shoot. Yep. It's like pretty much anything on his property is fair game mm-hmm. except for this one animal. Yeah. And it happens to be a kudu. And Lucas, just so you know, we're this kudu's young, but we're mm-hmm. estimating his width tip to tip at over 50 inches wide. Yep. And what's the reason for not harvesting? Oh, well, we everybody is looking for a white kudu. You know, the, 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 the wider the horns, the just more impressive it looks like. And we saw this young bull a couple of years ago, you know, he's got potential. And like I said, we've, we, we darted him, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years ago, measured him. And he was like 53 and a half, but he was over 50 inches wide. <sighs> Until today, we don't know of any kudu in South Africa that's, you know, more than 50 inches wide. So wow. he's an exceptional kudu. And for us, it's not about the breeding and the money like people know in South Africa. Yeah. We just want to get that genetics back on the property and get that's it more cool. out there. So we estimate him around about 56, 57, but yes, he's more than 50 inches wide. But I mean, at some point, he's going to go on regression, right? Where he's going to be yeah, well, too well, old. and we, we think we've still got another six years out of him. So, wow. So we're looking after him. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that's so, good. That's uh, good management. He's phenomenal. Actually, he was there a couple <laughs> of years ago when, when I was there. And it was funny because we actually had a conversation about him. And he was a really young bull that just literally shows up on a, on a trail cam, right? Kind of yep. one of those... You know, kind of like what you and I were doing when we were in Arizona. You're running trail cams mm-hmm. all over the place, and you're like, oh, man, that's a kind of neat area, and this is a kind of a neat bull, and oh, man, wow, look at this. And then what we found, the what we called our trickler bull, backup bull, and we're yep. like, dude, this is a beautiful bull, but he just needs two or three years. Well, the beautiful part when they own their own property is guess what? They could manage their property for that particular mm-hmm. opportunity. And I'm sure you're looking through some of these photographs right now, and you're like, holy crap, look at that kudu. Holy crap. So he has some phenomenal kudu on yeah, the and property. Yeah, I mean, I've seen your kudu. I mean, it seems like one of the standard, more higher-end animals that a lot of your clients, I'm sure, take is yeah, a kudu. Well, well, I think everybody that goes to Africa, you know, except the buffalo lion, those kind of thing, if they talk about plains game, kudu is number one on their list, definitely. Yeah. So we, we're looking, you know, like once again, Limpopo is known for, you know, good quality, you know, good genetics. Uh, and we make sure, you know, when we hunt kudu that we're looking for the older, older, bigger bulls, you know. We don't want to shoot any young ones because that they still have a couple of years to go to get into a very, very big bull. Well, and I got a problem because that's on my list too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, then you have a problem. Yeah. Mr. Trump, we need you to fix the tax brackets again for us so we can actually... Supposedly, he's supposed to do that for middle income. Well, I'm not sure you know, and, and let, me, or... let, me, let me fix, let me help Lucas out. You know, then they have the beautiful zebra, which, you know, my daughter won't let me shoot, but my son shot one just to spite his sister. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, that was pretty entertaining. Yep. But then you, you know, in my opinion, really one of the animals... Uh, at the ranch, which, you know, we didn't talk about prices, but Alex's prices on the going rate, in my opinion, are 20% cheaper than everybody else's trophy fees. And, you know, you could look those up on, uh, it's elansafaris.com, right? Okay. Okay. We'll post that on the website. Just Google, just he, Google Elon Safaris. Yeah, exactly. You'll find it that yeah. way. Elon, Elon Safaris. So yeah. uh, that's E-L-A-N-D-S-A-F-A-R-I-S. But anyway, is the Gimsbuck or Oryx. And, you know, actually we had a friend, Rod, over earlier today, 
And Rod was just like, you know what? You know, I hate to say it, but out of all the animals that I saw in Africa, man, the oryx is just absolutely incredible. I mean, the black and white and gray look to them with the big, long, straight horns. They're just incredible. And boy, let me tell you, if you've ever seen one of these things, they are known for being very ferocious. They're known for killing lions. They are just, they are an absolute crazy animal. In fact, Alex, when I was there the last time, you had said one of them had, had a broken off horn, yeah. and he, he was a problem. He was killing yeah. other animals, yes. right? Gamespark Game and Waterbuck are, are very vicious when it comes to, you know, you know rot time. And we, we, we try to take them off, you know, especially when they've got a broken horn, because when fighting, they slip by, and then, you know, they punch each other in the stomach on the side, so... But Gamespock and Waterbuck, we do take off. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. How often is it that animals do? I mean, again, these are animals that have horns, so they don't shed and, and grow back. Once they're broke, they're broke. So yes. is that very common? or? I wouldn't say it's very common, but it it, it, it does happen. You, you, you know, when, when you least expect it, you, can, you can't think that a hard horn like that can easily break. But when they fight... You yeah, know, they they go on each other. Yeah. So does that become like a coal animal at that point, or do you guys yes. take it out of the? Okay. You, you, you know, females. You like the game spark. You know, red the beast, blue wool the beast. Not as very vicious. You know, where both sexes got horns, we don't shoot them. But the two we do hunt out. You know, we do take off, especially uh, game spark and water buck. You know, they get vicious and they'll kill each other. You know, big time. Wow. And that's that's the goofy part, is right? I mean, you get two bulls that are strong and if they both got solid horns then they'll push it out and you know one will win and one will lose but it's not one of those things where they'll actually kill the other one where if they've got a bust off horn just like alex said they'll they'll lock horns and then since it's broken they'll swivel and they'll literally shove you know 20 inches of a horn through the guts of the other animal and guess what then the one with two horns is Gonna die. Yep. Period. Unfortunate. There's, there's no way around and it. And another one that people don't think of is a sable. You know, they don't break the horns that easily, but especially walking into a water hole or where you see them, the animals will make way for a sable. He's just that majestic animals, but they known for being, you know, they don't got a good attitude, you know, with among other animals. So they won't mess with sables? Nope. Then. Nope. That's uh, incredible. Other sable, yes, but not even an eland will take on a sable, you know. Well, and it's and crazy that they know. I mean, just if it's a pecking order or what it is, but the sables are so pretty, right? I mean, well, there's one yeah, in here right very. now that you've got that's just a phenomenal animal. Looks like was taken, you know, with archery equipment. Hmm. What a what a beautiful animal. That's forty, no. isn't it? How how long no. was that one that she took with a bow? It was just under forty, thirty nine and a half inches. Wow. Yeah. That's great. very well, very lucky for a bow. She was very lucky. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Same page, actually, man. You've got a couple of awesome warthogs. I, I tell everybody that goes to Africa, you know, you got to shoot a warthog. You got to shoot an impala. You know, I of course put the bush buck on there and the kudu or eland. But uh, man, and your niala. You actually, you actually introduced niala. How many years ago on the property? Yeah, Jason. I think it was around about ten years ago. Yeah, you know, but since that we've got a really good breeding plan, you know, pro, pro, pro going on there, and since that we can take at least ten big, you know, good proper males off every year by doing that, you know, and by that as well we're keeping the price down as well, that it don't go sky high and out of reach for clients. 
Yeah, that's actually, in my opinion, I think once again your your prices for the Niala and and the and the Eland are you know once again better prices than I've seen pretty much anywhere. And uh, Alex, what uh, what can guests expect? So you know we've talked a lot about kind of the experience in the animals, but from a kind of the camp and accommodation standpoint, I mean, what can people expect to show up and leave 10 pounds heavier? You know, you say (laughs) liquor in moderation, that could be a problem with some of our group, but uh, maybe talk a little bit about what kind of what you offer from the, from that experience. Well, Lucas, the camp is as comfortable as it can be. You know, we've got nine air conditioning rooms, you know, so it does get a little bit hot in here, you know, the early season months and the late season hunting time. But you've got everything you need is right there, you know. Food-wise, we do prepare you. Everything you mostly harvest, you know, we prepare you. And I promise you, you're going to gain. If you're not gaining weight there, you haven't eaten enough. You haven't, did, you haven't done your job? No, the- <laughs> definitely not. No, you, you will gain. Like I said, and camp-wise, we, you know, electricity-wise, you don't have to bring anything. We've got everything. We've got adapters there for you. You just got to pitch up, you know, for, you know, come there. We've got Wi-Fi ability also in camp because these days you need to communicate back with your family just to say you're fine or send your friends some pictures what you've done. Sure. But I'll think the most important asset we've got on campus at night, the the, the fire. There's nothing you beat, you know, sitting, it's pitch dark, you know, it's quiet and sit around a campfire and have a cocktail. And I think that's where everything happens, you know. Sure. A lot of the memories and and the stories. That's that's what it's about, you know. And I'll add to that, I mean, basically what I find so awesome about the camp is after you've gone out and, you know, I mean, okay, everybody's together. Say there's there's five different groups of guys, right, two people in each group, and in the morning, O-Dark 30, poof, we all go different directions. One guy goes off to the river to hunt, two guys hunting on the property, another guy swings over to try to... (laughs) you know, find a sesame at a different property. You all go different directions, you know. And some a lot of times if you're hunting on the property, you'll come back at lunchtime to have a to have a bite to eat and then maybe a siesta. If you're hunting off the property, a lot of times you'll they'll take uh, like a food with you. Just they'll set out a camp and you'll you'll eat lunch out in the field and then you'll hunt the evening and then come back in, but the beautiful part is when you come back in in the evenings, they wait till everybody gets in. And the neat thing about that is when everybody gets together, then we all sit down and we have a common meal together. And they have a really beautiful common area where we'll, you know, ahead of time we'll sit around a fire and have a drink. And, of course, what happens? Everybody starts talking about what happens. Then you go inside. You basically have a meal. They have all the drinks that you want in a, in a little refrigerator there that you can just come in and get whenever you want. And then a lot of times after the meal, we'll go outside, maybe take our dessert and cup of coffee and go sit out there. And it's so awesome because it never fails. You know, somebody's going to have a story about their buddy botching a shot, you know, and completely missing an animal at like 20 feet, you know, right? Mm-hmm. And then another guy it is going to <laughs> come up and go, oh, my God, well, he just made a, a 300-yard shot down a power line row that was just absolutely incredible. And then everything in between. And that's the best is sitting around and seeing everybody's emotions and feelings. And, you know, like Alex said, you're sitting underneath the beautiful stars and the stars are totally different. You know, they're in the southern hemisphere. 
So it's different stars than what we're used to seeing when we're sitting on a mountaintop in the Sierras or in Colorado or Montana. Yeah. And it's it's different. I mean, you know, it's just one of those cool things. No different than when you flush the toilet, the water goes the wrong direction. You're like, what the hell's with that? You know? <laughs> Southern hemisphere. <laughs> yeah. uh, Things are all opposite. Yeah. So that's yeah. neat. Uh, well, once again, I think, Lucas, the best way is to get your ass on a plane and get there and experience it yourself. But I promise you, you won't be disappointed. I'm looking forward to it. You know, one of the things that we were going to kind of touch on is, um, you know, I'm I'm going to plan on bringing my archery equipment. So, you know, most of the plains game probably pretty thin skin, like a lot of our animals, like yeah. in the in the summer times here. But when you start getting into you know the the bigger game, the stuff that requires the higher caliber, you know, the 375s and the 410s and stuff, like we were talking about earlier, kind of what what's your minimum expectations for an archer coming in who may want to like harvest a buffalo, as an example. Well, Lucas, I think we touched base on it earlier, you know, like I told you, the heavier, the better, you know, and I think that's what, well, Jason also will agree on me, you, yeah. you know, even with the rifle, you know, it's just the heavier, the better, you know, the animals are tough, it's Africa is known for that, you know, especially on buffalo, I will say the heavier you can go on your arrow, two blade for sure, mm-hmm. no mechanical, you know, no three blade stuff like that, you know, and practice, you, you know, 40 yards at the most, we won't go any further than that because it's a thick skin animal. They know they've got a reputation, you know, of killing people. So, but practice, practice, practice to putting that shot in a perfect, you know, place. Sure. And yep. I think the neat thing for us, Lucas, and you already know this is, you know, come on. In the States, we know that we shoot a lot further than most other places. I mean, I heard I heard Randy Ermler talking about he shoots no more than 60 yards, <laughs> but he knows of a lot of people that practice at 120 yards. I mean, with archery equipment, that's just insane, yeah. right? Well, yeah, yeah, and he even says he yeah. talk. I mean, he stacks arrows at 100 yards, right? Exactly. I mean, he's proficient at it, yeah. but he doesn't do it in the field. Correct. Right. So same thing with Africa. That you know they want you to practice and be able to shoot stuff, shoot proficiently at 60 yards. But the reality is they're going to actually put a limit, and they're going to say, we want you to shoot this animal at 40 yards and under. So we want you to shoot, I mean, you and I were talking earlier, you know, we want you to crank your bow up to 78 pounds, you know, mm-hmm. really 80 is, is even better yeah. if we can edge it out and get it just a couple more yeah. pounds higher. And then ideally, we're going to go away from the, the really light arrows where you could shoot 320, 330 mm-hmm. feet a second, and we're going to slow it down to probably shooting, you know, 290 to 300, but mm-hmm. we're going to also... You're going to take you're going to add two shaft. to three hundred grains, yeah. yeah, on your on yeah. your weight. I mean, your you're going shaft to be, is going to be what? What's your average weight now? Three hundred. I'm in the oh, I'm in the four hundred. Oh, you're I'm in the, the four fifty. But I mean, I'm going to want to probably almost double that, right? Definitely, with, definitely. With heavier arrow, probably a twelve grain arrow with one hundred twenty five, maybe one hundred seventy five grain head. Yep. Brass yeah. inserts. I mean, the whole nine. Yep. Yeah. You'll have Longer to do arrows, it. maybe even. Right. You so can you get a little more little more energy well and the silly part is you know we we've talked about this before you look at you look at the olden days i mean a lot of times in the olden days they'd take a shaft and put another shaft in it or take the shaft and fill it full of salt right to make it as hard and and stiff as possible and then as alex said we he wants you to shoot a two blade 
thing. Yeah. Well, we know, you and I know, a heavy two-blade, if it catches wind, I mean, holy crap, it'll go all over the place. Yeah. Once again, another reason to keep it under that 40 yards yeah. because these Buff- buffalo, their ribs, Alex, their ribs are like two and a half inches yeah, wide. Is that correct? They're very you know, wide. And like I said, the gaps in between is very narrow. And that's the thing what you want. Sometimes they say buffalo's ribs close, you know, the entering wool. And that's what you want. That's when you want the two blades to straight, you know, cut straight through it. If it go eats the bone, it will still go through and penetrate. Mm-hmm. Is it true that a lot of the organs on the, some of the African animals are a little farther forward yes. versus, it's you know, some of the... 100% true. Yeah. When you get there as well, Lucas, we, we give every, you know, every client a little bit of a shot placement book to show everything, you know, where the, the vital organs sit. And we show them a DVD as well, you know, when we did... You know, all those, you know, check the rifles, check the bows, you know, to come sit down and check that DVD. Mm-hmm. To just to show them we weren't lying, you know, this is how it's going to be and this is where you're going to need to shoot. Which is, I think, so important because, you know, most of us are, you know, behind the front shoulder. Yep. I mean, that's the, the vital area. In the area, triangle, right? right? Yep. Yeah, and that may not always necessarily be the case based on the, I guess, the anatomy of, of the animals yeah, in the, Africa. The only an African animal that the vitals are a little bit more back, like almost, I will say, like here is the lion. But other than that, you know, up that front leg, you know, you punch it in there. And speaking of lion, pretty impressive lions taken on your on oh, your properties crap. too. That lion yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Well, dude. you know, lions is a touchy subject. Sure, you, absolutely. You, you know, all over since the whole Sissel case. But yes, yeah. So, but we still do it. We offer it as well. Once again, you can't export it to the to the states. You know, Canada, Mexico is still available. Sure. You know. So, well, like I said, whatever clients needs is, you know, we we can offer it, you know. That lion that you have in here is just phenomenal. And, you know, I mean, I've actually been on a lion hunt with you. For the haters out there, you could just turn your microphones <laughs> off right now. But, you know, I I did go hunt a lion, and I'm proud of it. And hopefully the money that I spent helped raise, you know, a whole new pride of lions. And it was an absolute awesome experience. And... You know, I'll probably only get to shoot one lion in my lifetime, and I, I got to do that. But, man, this one that you've got in the brochure this time, Alex, is just yeah. is an absolute stud of a cat. Yeah, but it was one happy client, I can tell you that. And, you know, that's just that's that's the way it is. Sometimes you get to do that. Well, Alex, you just mentioned to me just, just when you got here that what three days ago you actually had elephants that pushed through the fence and came onto the property yes like i said jason i think the last two years we've seen more leopard on our property than than what i can remember last year the elephants has been through our property two or three times you know and then yeah three days ago i spoke to my brother and they said the, the elephants are back again we are close to the botswana border and everybody knows there's almost more elephant in botswana than there are people so yeah the elephants is not extinct they do come through so Whenever they got overpopulated, they do tend to push down and cross the river and come into South Africa. And and for those people <laughs> that, that don't understand, an elephant weighs approximately how many tons? Ten tons. Ten tons. Okay, yep. so let's let's give this some perspective. <laughs> you've got a you've got a big elk that weighs six hundred pounds. So ten tons is six hundred pounds. That's like thirty to forty elk, right? In one animal weight size. Okay, that pushes through your property and takes, you know, 50-year-old trees and pulls them up by the roots yep. to eat the tops out of them. 
and wrecks every fence that they come in contact with. Yes. Regardless of whether or not you spend $10,000 on it or not, they don't really care. They just walk through it. And don't stop them. And then pretty much do whatever the hell they want. Yep. They go to your water hole and they step on your electron electric system that actually <laughs> pumps water into it. Yep. Guess what? You get to buy a new system. <laughs> and people that are like, oh, elephants, they're endangered. You guys are listening to friggin' PBS, and those people basically want you to believe that there's no elephants in Africa. And Alex and I know firsthand Kruger Oof. Park's holding Oof. capacity should Oof. be around what? It was 8,000. Around 8,000 elephants is the Oof. holding capacity for Kruger National Park. Yep. And the count that they did, which is like 30 years old, mm. Was like 30-some-odd thousand? Yeah. And we're pretty confident that there's what? How many? Well, I'm not 100% sure, Jason, but like I said, they, so they, know, they know they say Kruger can take up to 8,000 elephants. There's way too many elephants at this stage. You know, it's, it's overpopulated. You know, it's taking out everything. It's breaking everything. And sooner or later, everything else is going to suffer because of that. And, you know, when I went there the last time uh, with one of your guys... Um, the crazy thing is that's, of course, the attraction, right? Yep. You go there to see elephants. Definitely. We saw, I mean, you drive around every corner and here's elephants. Yep. Well, what was weird is we were driving down the road and all of a sudden I look and it's like, crap, you know, everything for like 200 yards is just destroyed. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? This is really weird. It looks fresh. He goes, I'll bet anything that a herd of elephants just came through here. Yep. And literally for 100 yards wide, and for as long mm. as I could see both directions mm. of the road, it looks like rototiller, kind of like Lucas for us. Mm. It's watching a herd of mm. pigs go into a barley field, right? Yeah, just and they root literally everything root everything up. up for, you know, basically three or four acres. Yeah. Only problem is there's 30 elephant that weigh 10 tons mm. each going okay. through, and they literally were pushing every tree over, pulling yeah. every plant out of the ground, and just destroying everything. Yeah. And, you know, the, the common saying, you know, when everybody was talking about the Cecil issue, um, what's funny is in Africa, the saying is, if it pays, it stays. I, yep. And if it doesn't pay, then no offense, the people that are local there, yep. they poison them. Yep. They shoot them on sight. Poached you know, them. I mean, if you could imagine you have yeah. you have Poaching. a 50 yep. acre ranch, right, that has all let's let's just call it citrus, which isn't true, yeah. but they have an orange farm. You have 50 acres and your whole livelihood's tied up in there and you get 10 elephants that come in onto your 50 acres. They'll destroy everything and they will destroy everything. Can you imagine you spend 10 years to get your trees to grow? You finally start making a profit. You owe the mm. bank on your property, and 10 elephants mm. come in in one night and destroy your whole livelihood. It takes another 10 years to regrow it. But the problem is you still have the damn elephants. <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. I'll get off my soapbox. We totally segued out of something. It must have been the whiskey. I don't it's see Brad, you standing on anything. Yeah. It's Brad's fault. The one thing I was concerned about is you do have a reference. You have Jason and Ears reference. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I was I going got through my the whole list. I'm like, yeah, I'd call him. I'd call him. No, I would never call him. No, <laughs> call Skip. Skip will take good care of you. <laughs> call a politician. Call David Rogers. Yeah. You know, he'll he'll take care of anything. Yeah. <laughs> 
You better watch out. It's going to be RNA Outdoors reference symbol down here at the bottom is what's going to happen. Could yep. endorse definitely next year definitely. Friend of the podcast. Yeah. Well, I, I know I can say on my behalf. You know, I'm excited to go. I mean, like I said, this has been a long time coming, and we've been talking about this for many yeah. years. And you've always said, "Got to get you out. Got to get you out." And it yeah. was just like. We're going to do it. We're going to lock in the dates. And I guess once you make that commitment of, okay, here's the dates I'm going, who wants to go, right? And you start getting a few guys. I had a bunch of guys, oh, yeah, I want to go, I want yeah. to go. And, of course, you know, your your list of eight, you know, gets down to four real quick. But, yeah. hey, um, you know, we're going to have a great time. And now I'm hearing this conversation develop a little more through the night that I, I didn't know that that was actually even an option, which I'm now even more excited about that. Hanging uh, out with there may be a we versus just an I in this situation. So hanging out with Alex causes bad things to happen. And my son is already pissed at me. I don't know if everybody noticed that. Well, dad's got a, have a little enjoyment too. He didn't yeah. get to pull the trigger last year. So no whacking and stacking last year for me, but this year's a whole nother year. Yeah. We just accidentally not put any of the kids in for any draws. Oops. <laughs> well, that's why they have points, right? Your, your turn, Jason. Your turn. Yeah. Well, it's, it's I agree. It's in July, actually. We're talking about going, what, the June 30th through July 6th, 9th, something like that? Yeah, 10th or 11th, I think. Yeah, yeah. well, 9th, you're departing again. Yeah. 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 So we're just... We're not doing any sightseeing. It's we're showing up. Yeah. We're hunting and we're and having, a, having a good time, man. Yeah, whacking and stacking, baby. Which means more time to come back and do it again. Yep, I'm pre-warning you, yeah. buddy. Well, it's yeah. like Jason said, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many. I I have literally lost count. I keep saying it's probably six, but it might be eight. You know, I can't remember how many. But I I tell you, just like Craig, I thought, oh man, I. You know, I mean, I, I've got a lot of aspirations. Want to go to a lot of places, but Africa, because Africa is one of those places that you go, and it's so game rich. Every time, every corner you turn around, there's a possibility of seeing something that you've never seen before. I'm, I still remember Alex. It wasn't with you; it was uh, with John. But I still remember the first time I was sitting in a blind, and all of a sudden, this freaking things comes waddling on by and i'm like what the hell is that and later on come to find i took a picture of it later on it's a porcupine i mean this thing is like four <laughs> foot long with these spikes out i mean look like a prehistoric animal you know and then i tell everybody you know i've been trying to shoot a male baboon which i told you earlier you gotta you gotta call alex tell him that you might be interested in shooting one cost you an extra 20 or 50 bucks or something like that to get the permits ahead of time. But when you get there, you sign so that they know that if you get the opportunity to shoot a male baboon, you'll do it. Well, surprise, surprise. My seven-year-old son, the first animal that walks in on the, into the blind as Alex and I are sitting there BSing about the world, which why it always says we talk too much. And that's the reason he doesn't get to kill everything. It's <laughs> a huge male baboon. First animal he shoots is this smoker animal. And I'm just like, what? You know how bad I wanted to take the gun away from him? I mean, it killed me, but... Now he wants to shoot a buffalo because you're, you're yeah. having thoughts of it. Yeah, yeah. going to have to live that one out for the next six months. <laughs> and, if I, and if I go and don't take him, you yeah. know it's going to be hell to pay. Oh, July's going to be here before we know it. Yep. It's only five months away, man. I know. Only Crap. Five strategically placed there. 
<laughs> you know, and, and here in a couple of weeks, when you and I win a sheep hunt, we're going to be like, holy crap. Yeah, we're hopefully gonna, we're that'll gonna go be shoot for a buffalo. 2019, though. Yeah. Oh, that's true. 2019, for, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, a valid point. We're going to do that in oh, 19. That's, so that's totally well, way down the road. something to look forward to, We man. can plan for that later. Yeah. <laughs> we plan for Africa this year. Try, yeah. Draw the Henry's muzzleloader mule deer tag. But see, you got a couple months to plan for that after uh, yeah, you get I mean, back. Come so. on, yeah. After I got back, I that's a day drive. Only problem is, I'd be trying to lose weight and exercise, and Alex is going to be putting putting pounds on me, not yeah. put, taking pounds away from me. That's true. It's only for ten days, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> the ten days you put on, I'll take you the next two months to take off. So, well, you'll help me with that, right? Oh I yeah, mean, we will. Oh, yeah. We'll run <laughs> the hills. Oh, last time I that. trained with yeah. you, I. Felt like Superman when I left until I got back from the Caucasus Mountains in Russia, and then I thought like I'd been beat with a baseball bat. <laughs> that God. was your choice, though. Yep. Yes, indeed. That was uh, true. Amen to that one. Well, gentlemen, we've been ranting for, would you believe it, almost an hour and 20 minutes. Holy moly. It's incredible Shit. how you just time flies when you're having fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. We Must- were doing a couple, a couple of the podcasts I did um, at Cheap Show, same way. I was... Telling the guests, you know, hey, we're going to aim for, you know, 30 to maybe 40 minutes. And here I'm looking at Adam, and it's like, okay, we've been going for 45 minutes. And Bruno, it's 50 minutes. I told it you just, you'd like that guy. It just, it's incredible, you know, how time flies. Yep. But it's it's always neat, I think, to just sit around and, and uh, you know, just talk about our passion, right? Talk about things. You guys have, obviously, a lot of experience. Jason, you've been many times. It's your livelihood, yeah. right? I've never been, so I can only, you know, take experiences that you guys have had and what you say and try to piece that into my mind, what I think it's going to be like. But, you know, it's always like whenever you go on a hunt, you envision, okay, I'm going to call in this big bull and it's, everything's going to work out. And then, you know, generally it's, you know, never <laughs> not, worked that way. Happened. Nine was, times out of 10, yeah. it's not worked that way. It was way. like a running gun and I ended up getting one shot, right? You know, so it, it's, so you always have this vision, but it's, the more you can hear experiences and, and what to expect kind of helps you, you know, prepare, you know, yep. mentally for, for what to expect. Not so, for sure. Well, Lucas, one thing I did find out about Alex that maybe you and I could start working on for one of his future trips here to the States is he wants to go shoot a wolf. Ooh. I mean, it, the success rate sucks. Let's face facts. <laughs> but it's on our list. But he's here right? in January. But he's here every in January. Year, and that's, that's a good the season. Time. That's the time yeah. to go. So maybe kill we a wolf. could plan a plan an Idaho, Montana wolf hunt when he comes up. He's going to hate us because he's a thin skinned individual. <laughs> well, I know we could to be get colder clothing. than shit. Yeah, we'll take care of you there. <laughs> I know some guys who got clothing. Yeah, I'll clothing. For it. <laughs> we'll take care of you on that front. No I don't worries, know, buddy. I, I hate to break the bad news to you. I'm not sure you're going to fit in most of my stuff. <laughs> Lucas probably hook a brother up. Yeah, we uh, could definitely. Uh, well, Wolf's definitely on on some of our bucket lists. Uh, pretty I know much that. on all of our bucket yeah. list. You know, I mean, we Such were talking a tough about species, the but apex predator that you know basically success rate in between five and twenty percent. Yeah, never filling their quotas throughout the years, and I mean, it's just an animal that nobody sounds like fun. They're they're yeah. smarter than us, and I hate to tell you this. I mean, we could go up there for a five six day yeah. hunt, Alex. Which for you, that's huge because you never you come here for two three weeks and. Dude, you don't ever stop. Yep. I mean, how many states? You're here two and a half weeks this time, right? Yep. How many states are you going to? Well, I've already been to Nevada, California. Next is Texas, then Colorado, Wyoming, and Indiana. Back to Nevada, and then back to South Africa. 
Yeah. So, I mean, he's doing <laughs> basically six, seven states wow. in yeah. two and a half weeks. You and I do a lot of traveling, Lucas, and yeah. that's insane. That's a little excessive. But when you're here, you want to get, you know, obviously yeah, the, you, the you, best bang for your buck while you're here and oh, see, well, see you, as many people as you can. You try to see everybody. Unfortunately, you will not be able to do it, but you try to fit in as much as possible, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Wow. So after you leave here, you, you go to? Tomorrow morning is Texas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Texas lucky and, me, I get to drive him to the airport. I I tried to convince him about a thing called Uber, but, you know, I feel uh, a little guilty about it. That's so. a little far. Uh, that's just a little bit far. It's not going to work, Jason. If you're flying out of St. Louis. Here's your bag. Stick your thumb out, and somebody will pick you up. I, I have faith. Uh, we've tried Uber. It works pretty good, but that would be that'd be a little much. That's true. Yeah. Well, cool, uh, Alex. Uh, it's been great having you over. And well, thank you, Safaris, guys. Yeah, great sharing a... A little crown well with you, having a little elk steak and, and just, you know, yep. talking about, like I said, our yeah, passion well, and hunting. And well, thank you for having me over and thank you for cooking dinner. I appreciate it. And yeah. looking forward to seeing you in South Africa in, in July, man. Yeah. So for those people that are fi- still listening to us after all this rambling, Alex's website address is www.elandasfaris.co.za. And you could always email him at info at elansafaris.co.za. And once again, if you guys want to go whack and stack some stuff and have fun, I tell everybody, you could go do this in Africa for a really reasonable price. Shoot four or five animals, get your feet wet, plan on your next couple of trips. Cheaper than you can go on a guided deer elk hunt in Colorado and probably... uh, by the way, not have nearly as much fun in a guided hunt in Colorado as you would in South Africa. Yeah. Also, yeah. active on, on social media, I see a lot of your photos uh, of, you know, trail cam yeah. photos and also some higher quality photos you guys put on, on Instagram and on Facebook. So, need to follow you guys there and just kind of see, you know, what's yeah. happening on the ranch. Well, and this, I think social media is the way to go forward, you know. So, yeah. look us up. Happy yep. to help. Well, hopefully the next time we see, <laughs> we see Alex and we talk to him is around a campfire in South Africa. That's I'll, what I'm looking forward I'll to. I'll be waiting so. for the cold, man. I'll be waiting for And the folks, that's a wrap. Don't get me in any more trouble than I'm already in. <laughs> All right, Whack guys. Whack him and stack him. And Thank you again, Lucas. Yeah. Put a couple it, more in the back of the books, right? <laughs> Alex, uh, safe travels and, and good luck. And uh, again... Look forward to, to seeing you here in, what, five short months? Yeah. It's already coming. Yeah, well, thank you, Lucas, and thank you, Jason. Appreciate it, man. Here's one to Johnny. Sorry you're not here, buddy. I know. Cheers. Sorry, Cheers. Johnny. <laughs> Cheers. Good night, all. Hey, everyone. This is Lucas Paw, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to the podcast app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it will automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or use our website www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, 
under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Facebook, RNA Outdoors, and Instagram, Rod and Arrow Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Keep up the good fight. We cannot sit by and watch the public lands devoted to wildlife protection wither away. There's simply too much at stake. Make your voice heard, speak up, and get involved with conservation efforts. And know that every little bit helps. As we say on the mountain, go farther, stay longer.